Hi, everybody. I'm Jamin. You're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. My guest today is Priyanka Carr, General Manager of Market Research and Insights at Momentum. Additionally, she is a board member of the Posse Foundation, one of the most comprehensive and renowned college access and youth programs in the U.S. Momentive, formerly SurveyMonkey, is an American company that develops cloud-based software as a service. It was founded in 1999 and went public in September of 2018. In June 2021, the company announced it was renaming itself as Momentive to better represent a growing business-to-business product suite, while its former namesake, SurveyMonkey, will remain as a subsidiary survey platform. Prior to joining Momentive, Pri has has been an executive at Bain & Company and was the doctoral research manager at Stanford University, where she also holds her PhD in psychological science. Pri, welcome to the Happy Market Research Podcast. Thank you, Jamin, and thanks for having me. It is an honor. So let's start with some context. Tell us about your parents, what they did, and how that informed what you do today. All right. That's a really loaded therapist question, but I will start there. <laughs> I was born in India. I lived there till I was about 10 years old. And uh, my parents were import, export, and did it for fruits and vegetables while we were in India. But my parents divorced around the time I was 10. I moved to the United States to Los Angeles with my mom. And my mom kind of showed up in this country with not much to go off of, a little bit of money, and she started a business. So I've come from a family of business builders, people who've been scrappy and getting it done. Uh, She scaled her business to several million dollars in revenue and kind of ran it all by herself. It's been a strong influence in my life of just learning grit, resilience, and building and uh, gave me my love for beautiful, amazing businesses that are driven by really, really smart decisions driven by smart people who are hungry for more information. So shapes everything that I do and uh, the passion with which I live my life. It's interesting. I've had quite a few guests that have come from first-generation American families. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting to me that's only just now stood out is that the majority of them the parents actually started a business here in the U.S. as opposed yep. to getting a job. It's in a way like it's easier, right? It's momentously hard, but the cultural shift is actually a little bit hard for someone coming right here. And the economic op- opportunity afforded by America, it's great. There's risk involved in starting a business, but there is also a huge amount of reward associated with it. And they get to set their own terms and work with the people that they choose. So that was great. Uh, Her only employee for for three years was me. (laughs) Did she pay well? Uh, Not not at all. (laughs) The most important thing I was paid in, a ton of learning. Yeah. And knowledge is, as we know, true power. Yes. So let's talk about SurveyMonkey. Why did you relaunch? The name SurveyMonkey is pretty much synonymous with surveys, right? Uh, we invented the category and defined it for over 20 years. And a, the invention in our core product, uh, the surveys platform that's self-service, has afforded us a ton of opportunity. It let us innovate on top of it. Seeing customers build and use our product in innovative new ways helped us see that there was really demand on the enterprise side, on customer experience, and on market research. And because of that growth in our product suite, we decided that it was time for us to have a name that reflected our breadth that is much larger 
and surveys as well. We have about 8,800 enterprise customers in our product suite today that rely on our enterprise-grade solutions. Many are using that much more, but what we really differentiate ourselves with is momentum, speed, agility that we're delivering for companies. And we do surveys incredibly well uh, as leaders in the category, but we do so much more today, including market research. And the new name was really a reflection of that. Without sounding too infomercially, and I, by the way, am a paying member and have been for quite a few years of SurveyMonkey for, for three years now. Me too. My favorite feature is the question recommender. Yes. And my question to you about that is because you're seeing more and more non-professional market researchers actually mm-hmm. do research, do you find that it is creating safety rails for the research? Is that part of the, part of the reason why it's in place? It increases the quality of the research that you do and the quality of the survey, which improves the quality of the data that you end up collecting, which includes the quality of the insights that you're going to get at the very end. And that is what we're in the business of selling, right? It is quality insights. And our customers stay with us and continue to pay us like you over years because we deliver something valuable to them. And the value starts at the head end of the research process. So when you're coming up with the questions to ask, when you're formulating the problem, and that's why we thought it was really important to take the expertise that we've built by seeing a ton of questions being asked over the years and implement that into the product and put guardrails in. The second reason is honestly a little bit of confidence building. So if I've been a uh, momentum now for a very long time. And if I watch our user journey, there are a lot of people that get stuck in this, this step of just creating a survey, but don't have the confidence to go launch it. So our genius capabilities really help give customers the confidence that here's a question recommender. It is vetted. It is methodologically sound. It is based on good science and good data and gives them the confidence to then go launch the research and start collecting insights that can influence their decision-making. One of the things that Kristen Luck and myself always laugh about is we as market researchers are notoriously bad at actually doing market research for our own companies. (laughs) How did SurveyMonkey Momentive now use your own solutions in your process? I used it very extensively. It's one of my favorite things about working for this company has been how deeply and better research has been in every decision that we've drawn. So this wasn't a small decision, right? We have a name that is synonymous with the category. It is probably one of the most well-loved consumer brands out there. We track it, we measure how well it's doing. And that while that name isn't going anywhere, to put a parent company name above it uh, needed to be good reason. So our CMO and a VP of brand worked in close partnership with our board of directors. We started doing research um, with our executive team, which we call Horizon, internal experts, external agencies. And we started doing research first on what is the limitation of our current name? That was the first step of the research process. And we saw that some people, you know, have negative associations with the name. And most importantly, the limitations were both on the survey side of just seeing us as survey software and on the monkeying side, seeing us as a little bit cute and silly, uh, which we don't take ourselves too seriously, but we do have some serious software. So then we moved on from there and we're like, all right, first we're next step is going to be to explore new names. We're going to be testing a lot of potential ideas. So we collected data from 21,000 plus respondents and did market research uh, with those stakeholders. 
Uh, we also collected data internally using our core surveys platform uh, with our employees and with others on potential names. We spent six months kind of trying to come up with a new name, uh, actually. So the agency started with a thousand plus names that we narrowed down to a top 50 list. We used our concept testing solutions to go test against those top 50 names to see how they'd resonate with customers. We did trademark knockout searches and then identified the top 10 candidates that we have. And then we ran tests globally against those top 10 candidates uh, on the names and the visual identity to see with qualitative and quantitative research to see what the impact would be on our potential customer base. So in short, 14 month long, 10 studies, 22,442 respondents, seven countries uh, was the amount of research we did leading up to this moment. It's interesting how connected you, or I should say the actual process, right, is around the actual product. Yes. I imagine there was actually, you know, and as you always do, probably one of the bigger users of your own platform that Mm -hmm. really informs the subsequent development roadmap. It absolutely does. I mean, I I think we are, it's been probably the greatest privilege to have access to such great research at my fingertips at Momentum. But it also informs a lot of our product strategies because we're using it. So coming out with a brand tracking product uh, was no coincidence because we were spending (laughs) a lot of time thinking about brands and their impact uh, as well. That's funny. I remember when SurveyMonkey started because I'm that old. There had to be some hesitation about how to, how recognized, given how recognizable SurveyMonkey is as a brand. Yeah. Seven years ago, when I joined what was then SurveyMonkey, we were talking about, is the name too limiting? So in some ways, it's a very, very long journey that we've been on. There's a ton of value in the SurveyMonkey brand. Uh, We've tested that value, and we know that there is a lot in there. And that name isn't going anywhere. It is synonymous with online surveys, and it is synonymous and well-loved with, uh, it is well-loved by all of our customers as well. And we're delivering a ton of value through our powerful legacy. But the name for the future was something that we needed that was bigger and broader as well. So the data gave us a lot of confidence and that we could do it. Uh, The data informed our strategy of both retaining the SurveyMonkey name for our survey set of products while giving us a broader name for a new set of solutions as well. The data did tell us the limits of the name too. Like I said, 20% of business buyers were hesitant to buy from SurveyMonkey because they see it as cute, funny, and silly as well. As someone who pitches product along with the sales team, it was limiting in the sales. It was something to surmount at that moment. And the most common refrain that I've ever heard uh, in every sales call is, I had no idea SurveyMonkey could do that. You guys do conjoint? Like, I had no idea you guys could do that. And there is part of it being well-loved and synonymous is the fact that there's a very strong image of what SurveyMonkey is. So we needed a platform to paint a new vision of what we will be in the future as well. I have one of my dear friends. uh, He owns a a shoe store, a small retailer, right? Mm -hmm. He and his family have run it for, gosh, almost two decades. I was trying to explain to him the value of consumer data you know, and tracking it, et cetera. And he knows that he needs to. Do you think, but he, you know, has had a hard time, which is funny because we're such good friends, hard time really connecting the dots in terms of like actionable insights. If yeah. you, you track with me there, um, you know, at the, at the SMB, the true, like small, small 
Do you think that's a, a growing segment? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I would love that every decision was, would be driven by some data. I think it's growing. It's not fully there. And it doesn't surprise me that your friend has that reaction, right? Because they're, the confidence that I spoke about, it's a lot of work to confidently go get data and then know what to do with it uh, as well. And this is where I think technology that makes it more and more accessible, makes it less, a little less witchcraft, but a little bit more straight to, here's a good question and here's some answers. It drives the cost down and changes the accessibility of it as well that you don't need very expensive consultants every time you have a question to ask, that's going to change that landscape. And that shift has been happening in our industry for a while, and it's going to keep continuing. I think that we do actually have a fair number of SMBs that make up our customer base at SurveyMonkey. That has been our bread and butter. It's about increasing the accessibility of really good data about your customers, your employees, and using it to guide your decision-making. But while they're they're probably not the largest percentage of our revenue, they're a really large part of our customer base. And we think that is really, really important practice to build in. So understanding which shoes to stock is going to be meaningful to them. And I, we hope to keep building products that make it really easy that your friend doesn't have to be an expert in survey science in designing a really good question to understand market demand and doesn't have to be an expert in statistical analysis to understand that A was better than B, a shoe to stock uh, and optimize demand in his store as well. So that is what we can build great product for uh, and improve the accessibility for it, because I think there's a lot of fear of both the cost and the time and the expertise involved in uh, increasing the access of data for decisions. Do you think, like as a category, you know, market research, varying reports, SMR, et cetera, you know, 46 plus billion dollar space. And mm-hmm. do you think there's leakage in context of the size of the actual opportunity? And what I mean by that is like, you are seeing a lot of growth in strongly related fields like user experience, for example, mm-hmm. and CX, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I, I think these are all interconnected systems. There's a reason like, when we look at I did this research when I was in the strategy role at Momentive, and you look at the top use cases, and the top use cases are very clear, customer experience, market research, employee experience, and employee management. And then there's a long tail of other use cases. The holy grail, especially the intersection between customer experience and market research, to really understand a buyer, a user, and a customer throughout and a potential buyer throughout the full life cycle and extending that view, I think that's the holy grail of really smart decision-making. So I can envision a future in which you, you know, you do a really smart concept test before you launch the product, you take the product to market and you do usability testing against that product. You then get customer feedback ongoing on a life cycle and you learn that there are some key product gaps and you bring that back into now testing future concepts and do it again. I think those are all very interrelated. In practice, I would say it's probably 10% of customers who are at that maturity level that are integrating across the entire customer lifecycle. I think there is definitely leakage and spillover. And I think it is a glorious future coming up where we will be able to look at all of this data in an integrated platform. It's definitely what we're building at Momentive, but we're not fully there yet. But I think the power is going to be that much more accelerated and the decisions are going to be that much more powerful when we get there. 
I mean, that's a, that's the holy grail, right? Is, is really in the framework of data joins. So the more that you can take external data and connect it to self-reported data, then the more context you have for the insight, the more vetting of quality you can do against the participants and really in assuming it's in an automated way, which has to be right then it's also getting to the speed to insight. Do you think we move into, as a space, do you think mm -hmm. we move into more of a input business questions and then here's the you know, subsequent <laughs> survey instrument? Absolutely. I think we're pretty close there already, right? Like if you wanna do a market sizing survey, you know, your business question is which opportunity is larger? Uh, you need to understand market size and market demand. And we can templatize what those outputs look like. And then the technology is there to be able to analyze that data, field it automatically, integrate other sources of data together uh, as well, which I agree with you is our glorious future is where we bring in uh, all sorts of experiential data in as well, and then give you the insight. I think where it shifts, and I don't think technology is quite there yet to completely replace this, is there is business context that still needs to be interpreted. And I think that is the researcher's job, especially embedded in the world of bringing their own expertise to bear. So for example, I could do a perfect market sizing and I'll, I'll speak for, let's say our market research business. Should I launch first a usage and attitudes product or a, a segmentation product? Turns out they're about the same market sizes, the same opportunity size, similar amounts of demand for both of these products. But one, there's someone on my team who has expertise in building before and one doesn't. And that those are my decision points uh, that we bring in. Or I could say, hmm, it fits into my longer term vision of tying together usage and attitudes with segmentation. But I think that in a methodological process, one comes versus the other. And that's where the connecting of business problems to research insights, the translation, I think, still and of recommendations still needs human intervention. Going through the process, what did you discover that you think other market researchers or research companies can learn from? Any key takeaways? I think some of it was how bad our own intuitions are about things uh, as well. So going through the rebranding process as well. Our CEO had some favorite names like Bellwether and Fireclay for the names. Now, he might have a reaction to them, but he was really taken by Bellwether. Um, I was too. That sounds like a great name. Really? Okay. <laughs> but it didn't anyway. test well at all. Uh, <laughs> so that is why we decided not to do it. And I think that's the power of data, right? Of we can be experts in the intuition that we have and things that resonate with us. We're not perfectly representative of the customers that we want to sell to. So that's why it's important to get uh, data. The second thing is just the importance of tracking and building a baseline as well. So one of the things that surprised me was our aided awareness on Momentive wasn't zero. It was above 0% on aided awareness. We tracked it pre-launch of the brand as well. And we got a couple months of tracking information in before we launched the brand, because that sets a baseline for us to then say, oh, was, was our launch successful? Did our advertising have a positive impact on brand recognition and reach, et cetera? And we could have said that 14% awareness number was all driven by launch activities, but we needed the baseline. So it makes me 
a big believer in the importance of tracking things over time and longitudinally. That was that was a big learning for me. And third is every year it gets easier and easier to reach participants and reach respondents. And with good technology, you can ask questions really quickly. So we were getting data back in, you know, less than a day to guide our decisions and can move from stage to stage of the process very, very quickly. Because while 14 months sounds like a long journey, rebranding a public company with a very well-known brand is, that is actually just a blink of an eye and going from a thousand names to one over a 14 month period. We went through a lot of tests, but we were getting data back uh, in less than a day through it. So it's available for us. One of the things that I, I pick up on there is the role that culture played inside of the process. And oftentimes it absolutely used to be the case that if the CEO had a significant or strong point of view, then that was basically a decision that was made. But when you're a customer driven company, that just, you know, the customer is the one that sits on that seat and the data really helps guide those decisions. Absolutely. I'm glad we're not bellwether. It doesn't fit well on a t-shirt. Really. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> last question. What is your yeah. personal motto? Always be learning. Um, I think that it gives me the greatest personal motivation. You have so many opportunities to learn from new team member who has started, from your customers, from uh, other employees. I'm a mother to a very young toddler and he teaches me every day as well. So it gives me the greatest joy to be learning and growing. And that's what I seek in every moment is what did we learn today? What did we learn this hour? And I learned a ton talking to you and that's been a pleasure. My guest today has been Priyanka Carr, General Manager of Market Research and Insights at Momentive. Priyanka, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone else, please take time, screen capture, do the stuff that you do, share it on social media, tag me. I will send you a t-shirt. Have a great rest of your day. <laughs>